Welcome back, folks, and we are on part two of the Starcade 83 Watch Along. For those who are watching, please tune in to part one and part three for that matter. Also, we are currently on 46 minutes and three seconds. So, with that said, pause it, get yourselves, you know, what you got to do, and we are back. And on three, two, one. And we are watching the action once again, ladies and gentlemen, in the tag team match. And, and I apologize about uh, part one, the end of part one, because we started to lag uh, at the end. And once again, please blame that on Peacock. Oh, the blind tag. And Slater... Slater and Bob Orton is just the greatest attack team. And that's how I was saying in part one, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Orton, you just watch him the way he is in the ring. And you see Rand you see Bob Orton all in Randy Orton when you see Randy Orton wrestle right now. Even in the facial area. Holy moly. And now here comes the double team and the double suplex. And Orton's got Youngblood set up in the corner. This is going to be great. Oh, with the quickness. And the cover two, it's over. That's over. That ain't a two. Yeah, yeah, it's done. So Youngblood, uh, Youngblood took the fall with the tag team itself because it, uh, Wahoo McDaniel actually still looks good in the end. It was equivalent, if you watch the finish, it was equivalent to the Hulk Hogan cook, uh, kick out at WrestleMania 6. Oh, oh wow, watch this. They're gonna break that arm. Well, maybe not. Should have came off of the top. There we go. I guess it, either the positioning was uh, there. We go. Okay. I'm not sure why they switched positions. Well, somebody screwed up right there, but for some reason they switched positions. And I think, I think the Ricky Steamboat match is actually coming up next. I think. I could be mistaken. But we had three tag team matches in a row. And Wahoo is, whew, he's definitely hurt right there. Rocking the Dusty Road uh, boots. Don't lie like those are Dusty Road boots. And folks, here is the nature boy himself, Ric Flair. Woo! And then there's Jay Youngblood and Ricky Steamboat right there. Okay, so Mark Youngblood was just in the ring. Now remember, folks, when they were just here about maybe 15 minutes ago, 
were there not like just a whole rack full well not a rack full of freaking uh blazers and, and sweaters and but there was definitely that rack was definitely a lot fuller about 20 minutes ago so it makes me wonder if that was actually a pre-tape the entire time unless I'm mistaken Now, folks, for those who are watching along, right, and I hope you would, because otherwise it would be pretty boring, because you would have no clue what I'm talking about, <laughs> but for those who are watching along, okay, Ricky Steamboat, when he first started out, he was actually, his real name is Richard Blood, but when he first started out, obviously, he was a face and stayed, if I'm not mistaken, he stayed a face, I think probably the only wrestler who's ever, besides Bruno San Martino, I don't think Bruno San Martino was ever a heel, I could be mistaken, but Ricky Steamboat stayed a face his entire career, so he couldn't, there was no way they can actually call him uh, Richard Blood, or Ricky Blood, because he, you're a he, uh, face, a good, a good guy, you know, ah, production screw up. Wow. Their audio, see, that's not the first time that's happened either. Their microphone audio, I think it might be that microphone in general. Because that happened with the referee uh, right before they brought out Dusty Rhodes. Because he introduced Dusty Rhodes, and, but for some reason, they never showed Dusty Rhodes. And then they come back, and now Dusty Rhodes is here right after the match. And they're having microphone problems again. So it makes you wonder if they were actually recording it, and then cut and edited it, and then threw it on, and at the end it said, hey, screw it, you know what, just put it on anyway. We're going to have to put it on eventually. Excuse me. Look at that hair, man. I wonder if he's actually that blonde. Or he was actually dying it. Because remember, uh, Dustin Reynolds, Goldust, or Dustin Rose, whatever you want to call him, he had some bleach, bleach blonde hair. Even when he was Goldust, when he was the natural. And now it's not as blonde as it was. I like that title. It's actually, what the hell? Oh, is that the great Kabuki? And there's the Boogie Woogie Man. Charlie Brown. A.K.A. Jimmy Valiant. Yeah. The Great Kabuki. If you don't know who he is, folks, definitely watch The Great Kabuki. There's Gary Hart in the background. Man, that Great Kabuki was just that he was great. I remember as a kid just reading about The Great Kabuki in Pro Wrestling Illustrated in the 80s and the 90s. He's got the mist. 
Then here we go. This is going to be a fight. And they're about to fist fight. Yeah, here we right into it. Right into it. Now this is a fight. Here we go. And this is one of the reasons why the Valiants are actually... Oh, uh, what was it, WrestleMania 2? I don't believe it was one. It might have been one. I believe it was WrestleMania 2, actually. No, it was WrestleMania 2. When uh, Jimmy Valiant's brother, actually, the Valiant brothers, because they were, I believe, the first tag team, actually, in the WWE Hall of Fame, then the World Wrestling Federation, with the Valiant brothers themselves. Oh, wow, watch this. And you did not see this in the 80s. You did not see that until the mid-90s in World Wrestling Federation. Actually, no, you might have saw it in the early 90s from Hogan, who was supposed to be a face, which is confusing. But Gary Hart's back out there, and Gary Hart was the Bobby Heenan from back in his day. I mean, he didn't have the wrestler, he didn't have the, uh, the mic skills, but he was in, like, almost, oh, you, I dare say Jimmy Hart, even. You can call him the Jimmy Hart. Even though he didn't have the microphone. You see that? Ric Flair did the same exact thing. Right there. When he looked at the ref and said, I don't know what you're talking about. And the whole time he had his shin bone right in his neck, choking him out. Ric Flair's done that quite a few times. I've seen Ric Flair doing that. And then a sleeper hold. Which even in the early 90s was still a devastating maneuver, folks. You got to realize Roddy Piper had the sleeper hold, right? Then you had the Cobra, uh, the Cobra Clutch. And then you had the Billion Dollar Dream, which was pretty much the same thing. I think it was a little inverted, but a sleeper was a sleeper. In the 80s and even the 70s and the 90s too, up until the mid-90s about. Oh, the early 90s, excuse me. You had a sleeper hold on you, you're done. But you're fighting the great Kabuki. He's got the mist all over him already. He made a mistake and spit it all out before the match even started. I don't think this is over. Once again, because even though the match should be over, you're fighting. Do you see what I mean? Now, have you heard what he just said? Gordon Soley, the man. You can hear a lot of Jim Ross in him, too. Jim Ross definitely emulized him. By the way, once again... Wrestling knowledge, Jim Ross was not always an actual announcer. Jim Ross was actually a referee at first. And then went into announcing. But if you ever listen to uh, early 1990s WCW, and Jim Ross was there, you can hear the speed in Jim Ross's voice, the high-pitched southern accent. Like, it's just... It's amazing when you actually watch Starcade, the very first Starcade. It's amazing that you can actually see and hear a lot of modern day and even old school wrestlers and managers and announcers and everything that's going on right now. 
Well, back then, excuse me, or right now, whichever way you want to place it. And the great Kabuki, I know a lot of wrestlers right now have heard of the great Muda because she's recently been in TNA and wherever else she's been. But great Kabuki is just, man. For all those old school wrestling fans out there, okay? Now, remember, there was no internet back then. And you're going to hear this a lot from a lot of old school guys. They stress the fact there was no internet back then. You know what our internet was? Going to the nearest path mark, or I don't know what they had down south, but up here in New York, it was going to the nearest path mark and grabbing Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and that was your internet. And you had it once a month, so you better take that magazine and you better read it. 17 times a day <laughs> and memorize it front to back and that's when I, uh, I figured out that oh wow who, who, who is this you know Bruno San Martino guy oh man he had a son back in the day David son because remember this is you know before I started watching professional wrestling and look at that does he have the claw is that the claw Yeah, get that close-up of it, because I need to see... I hate the hard cam shot, because you don't see... Yeah, he has the claw on him. Wow. This is actually really, really good. This is a good match. This is definitely, I would have to say, this is definitely the sleeper match of the night. Because he's got the claw. And folks don't understand. I'm not talking about the great Khali claw. I'm talking about the, the claw from back in the day. And if you see the great Kabuki, if you look at his boots right there. You see how they're not actually wrestling boots, but they're actually like shoes. And they're... Those are double-toed almost. You see, you see what I'm talking about right there? Once, I was just about to say once again, but the announcer said it, so I'm going to wait a second, because then it just sounds like I'm trying to copy the announcer, but no, I wasn't trying to, but the great Kabuki, okay, you see how innovative he is, like, watch his wrestling, like, his shoes itself, right, then he's got the mist, the face paint, the whole nine, this really wasn't around back in the day. And Charlie Brown's just the man to begin with. Oof. Hard. He went in hard. Now look at his leg shaking. And the fans are going nuts. And the claw again. I don't know why he had to go up to the top rope for the claw, but... I guess he tried to add some oomph to it. But it's the claw. You don't need to. And once again, folks, for those who don't understand, I'm judging this on 1983 professional wrestling, not 2021 professional wrestling. 
Like a lot of, do you listen to a lot of podcasts and they're comparing it to 2021. Oh, well, it still holds up to today's standards. Oh, well, this is a little outdated. No, and I'm comparing this to 1983 professional wrestling. The lighting is just so beautiful, too. Oh, my goodness. And you see, look at that camera work and the hard cam again. Well, I guess it's the main cam. I wouldn't call it the hard cam because it's it's not actually still. It's actually moving. Big mistake. Now you see on the other side of the ring how that, that cameraman is right there. They should have, oh, right there, they should have switched right to the cameraman when he jumped off that top rope. Because they would have had the headshot right there. They would have had the pinfall. They would have had the referee, the shoulders. They would have had that whole freaking... Oh, and they're going for the mask right now. And he's trying to pull off the mask. What do you call it? A sabak like blow? Maybe I misunderstood that or maybe I misheard it, but that's, that's what it sounded like he said. And folks, watch this. If I could do some play-by-play. Now, he's quote-unquote hulking up before hulking up was actually a thing. And then he, here's the comeback and now he's fired up and then another one on the right. And then he's whipping. Oh, Wow. You see that? He reversed it without actually going in. Now, what I mean going in is then it's a three count. Now, what I mean by going in is now when one guy's in the corner, right? Now, let's say I have my opponent in the corner. I You already know it's a reversal because the guy that's on the outside that's not in the corner leans way into the person that's in the corner and then he whips him. I've known, I've noticed that years ago. Leans right into him, and then he whips him into the corner. As soon as you see that, it's a reversal, and then bam, that's when the reversal happens. There was no leaning, there was no nothing. Now, once again, if you listen to part one, listen to part two, because I, well, this is part two, but if you're listening to part two, this guy is young. But anyway, let's go back. I was saying it a few times in part one. If you're listening, look look at the production value between, once again, the backstage interviews and whatnot compared to Starcade 83 to a year and a half later at WrestleMania 1. No offense to Mean Gene, he's the man, but he had nothing to do with the production value itself. He's not Vince McMahon. And Gordon Soley's outfit is just... I would rock that. I'm sorry. That tie is freaking... Woo! And look how the lighting hits it. You see how his tie is turning different colors from the way the lighting's hitting it? 
Gordon Soli's got the outfit on. I would definitely rock that. I don't care who don't like it. I would definitely rock that. Screw that. And now they're trying to see. This is actually smart. Because they brought up the Roddy Piper-Greg Valentine match once. Anytime they brought up any other match, it was the world title match. Now they're here in the back locker room area, or the interviewing area, whatever you want to call it. And they're actually, now they're actually digging deeper into the dog collar match. Because that's the second match. Oh, the second main event. You see how they did that? Take notice, folks. Oh, look at these badasses. Tony Savoni. As the announcer said in the first match, Tony Savoni. And once again, folks. Okay. Do you hear the voice? Do you hear the accent? the face and everything except for the hair obviously Randy Orton does not have curly hair by any means but he is just A-like in the words of Roddy Piper nothing but honesty in that family now you hear that folks there is no screaming There is no freaking... Listen to that promo, man. The three of them. Just rough voices but soft-spoken. And people paid attention. And just listen to this for a second. Listen to this promo for a second. Folks, remember the, the promoters did not script this. This is Harley Race's promo. That's all his words. That's all Dick Slater's words. That's all Bob Orton's words. This, the promos were not scripted back in the day. If you couldn't cut a promo, you weren't getting promo time. And yes, it did work against you. Is he a... A piss celebrated baby? I am the flower power.
See, and this is what I was confused about Dusty Rhodes is when he would wear the tuxedos. Because I'm not talking about World Wrestling Federation. I'm talking about in general. Everybody related to Dusty Rhodes because he was the, I don't want to say common man, but he was the everyman. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had his faults. He had his... He wasn't your star-studded bodybuilder. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That the, the wrestling world tried to portray back in the day. You know, it was... He was your everyman, so I didn't understand why Dusty Rhodes started wearing tuxedos or, you know, three-piece suits or whatever. Oh, here we go, folks. Oh, here we go. Oh, look at that title. Look at that title right there. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that freaking wig on this mofo right here in the corner. <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> from Seattle, Washington. For everybody from Seattle, Washington. Yep. It's not a mugshot. You don't have to... Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that. Now, folks, if I could go... Because I hate comparing shit to these days because I'm comparing it to 1983. Now, let's compare it right now. Correct Amber Valentine's or any wrestler. Getting a door collar strapped onto them at this day and age, like, it's... It'll be unheard of. A WWE, AEW, please do it, NWA, bring back the door collar match, imagine Nick Aldis versus, and I haven't watched the last two episodes of NWA Power, and I'm about to, once I'm done with this, this, this is phenomenal, and by the way, this is actually the first time that once you're hearing this, and trust me, I am a huge, huge professional wrestling fan. Obviously, as you guys could tell, I have my knowledge and everything. But this is actually the first time I'm actually watching Starcade front to back. And I'm glad to thank you guys so much for being here and listening to this with me. And personally, I don't know who the hell that guy is standing next to Greg Nabber Valentine with the Ric Flair hairdo. But that man is just, he's intense. Look at his face. He looks like he's in the match. <laughs> he looks like, oh, oh, here we go. Look at that. And Greg Valentine, I just met Greg Valentine recently. Rest in, rest, rest in peace, Rowdy Piper. I wish I would have met him. But I just met Greg Valentine recently. Hung over like a motherfucker. I wasn't hung over like a motherfucker. Greg Valentine was hung over, and it was in uh, Kovac, actually. At the wrestling, pro wrestling universe. I bet Billy Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Now, look at this. Look at this, folks. 
You're gonna hear me cut my conversations off real quick to get back to the action, but look at that. <laughs> Have not even touched each other, there you go. And remember what I said about matching tights. Touched each other once and it was with the chain and that's it. And then they backed up. And now this is a match, folks. This is a match you need to study. And ducks and ducks again. I remember main event of WrestleMania 1, Roddy Piper was in that main event. The very first match was Greg Dabberville. No, it wasn't. It was Tito Santana. I'm lying. But it was a feud with Greg Dabberville. Greg Dabberville was actually in the Continental Champion at the time. A year and a half later after this, after Starcade, then he faced the Junkyard Dog, which uh, Greg Dabberville was successful in retaining his title. Even though it was a countdown. Oh, right to the leg. And keep in mind, folks, this is a real chain and a real dog collar. There's really spikes in it. There's nothing, like, gimmicked about this freaking match except for the name of the match. Or, or the type of match. That's the only gimmick that there is about the match. Is the type of match. But it's actually a real dog collar. It's actually a real chain. And it hurts. You don't believe me? Act this match out right now. See how bad that chain and the door collar freaking actually hurts with spikes on it. I believe that was Roddy Piper's idea. He, I, I believe Roddy Piper was actually the one who got those spike door collars. So... Uh, now that we're here, folks, let's get into some action and some play-by-play since you guys are listening. And once again, thank you guys for listening. And if you guys have any requests, even if it has nothing to do with professional wrestling, let us know at Political List, all lowercase, Political List Radio, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Once again, that's Political List Radio at gmail.com. If you guys have any requests, any questions, any statements, anything, even if you want to say, hey, let me give a shout out to so-and-so. Oh, I have a statement that has nothing to do with politics, has nothing to do with wrestling, video games, Nerd Square Circle, any of that. But can you just say this over the air? Okay, well, what is it? You know what I'm saying? Let us know. Politicalthisradio at gmail.com. Now, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the action. And look at that, right around his neck. And if you watched before, Greg Valentine did the same thing to Roddy Piper, and the fans were heated. They were booing. How dare you? Oh, man. And twice around his face. And twice around his face. And he curls it up in his hand, and look at that. Bam. And that's a real dog collar, right? That's a real chain. 
and then ties it, ties it right around, right around the corner post. Oh, and he's choking him with it. And he's choking him with it. Guy's, no offense to Greg Valentine, but he needs to play that up more. I'm sorry, like, he definitely needs to, that's the problem with Greg Valentine. As I say, he, he takes an hour to get into his match. Apparently, he takes an hour and a half, two hours to get into his autograph signings. And he's biting them, too. That's what it looked like. But, yeah, back to the autograph signing at Pro Wrestling Universe. I met the Million Dollar Man, who was cool. Uh, uh, Erwin Orsayster, a.k.a. Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. Uh, Bo Dallas and um, Bray Wyatt's father. Phenomenal. Then I met, uh, at the same time, Greg Valentine was there, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake was so cool. As soon as it came to picture time, he'd grab those ears and look at the audience. See how they're getting up and they're screaming and they're yelling, folks? 1983, you really didn't see that. And look at that, it's choking the hell out of them. Now, this is a match. But back to what I was saying, Greg, Valentine was there, Brutus Beefcake was so cool. Soon as the guy who was there, I guess it was the security or whoever's helper or aide or whatever you want to call him, said, all right, now for the photo op. <coughs> and a chair right there to the face. Oh, right into the guardrail. Right into the guardrail. And keep in mind, folks, yeah, I, I'm going to cut off a conversation and go back and forth into it. Because I'm trying to give you guys all the information possible. Look, he's dragging them right up. Right up to the apron. I thought Piper was left-handed. I don't know why, but I thought Piper was left-handed. Oh, right in the ear. And that, that is where it actually popped Roddy Piper's eardrum in real life. It actually blew his eardrum in real life. And the rest of his life, he actually suffered from partial deafness right there. That one shot. Because a lot of people, Roddy Piper said it, but a lot of people don't realize when Greg Valentine did that, he actually cuffed his hand, which to the ear, and I've done it. I've had it done to me, and I've done it to other people, unfortunately. But, yeah, it, it blows your eardrum because of the suction itself when you actually cuff your hand and do and actually get cuffed in the ear with a cuffed hand. And that's what Greg Dama Valentine did. Man, look at Roddy Piper right now. Now, you tell me. You tell me who had the better, uh, which match was better, Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine, and this isn't even a main event. It's it's for uh, the championship, but not for the uh, NWA World Championship. I believe this is the United States Championship. Equilibrium was off from that point on. That's why when he first went to World Wrestling Federation, he was uh, a bodyguard or a spokesperson or whatever you want to call it. Because the balance was off. I know what that's like, trust me. I won't, uh, that's another can of worms, but I know what it's like to have loss of hearing. And your balance is off. Completely. And what a match this is. 
And folks, back uh, once again, we're back to what I was saying a few weeks ago when I um, when I met uh, Money Incorporated and the original Dream Team. Brutus Beefcake was was so cool, and a lot of people hate on Brutus Beefcake. I got love for Brutus Beefcake. I can't hate on Brutus. Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake was the man, except for his tights. They were a little uh, what the hell. <laughs> but Brutus Beefcake was definitely the man. I, I honestly believe at this day and age, if Brutus the Barber Beefcake would actually be in professional wrestling at this day and age, the man would be at the top of his game. Like, people would freaking... People don't like Brutus Beefcake on a strength of... Because the only reason they feel... The only reason he got his shot is because of Hogan. But let's be honest. Remember, he was the male stripper at first. Yes, when he was with Greg Valentine, which we're watching right now. And there goes to the pinfall. So when he was with Greg Valentine as the uh, Dream Team, remember, he was originally a, a stripper. I, they didn't come out and say it, but you pretty much knew it from the way that, you know, he was presented. And then it wasn't until WrestleMania 3, irony, when he came out and actually cut um, Adrian Adonis's hair in the hair versus hair match with Roddy Piper. Wrestling facts. And that was WrestleMania 3 when the Dream Team actually split up and they were replaced. Uh, Brutus and Barber Beefcake was replaced with uh, Dino Bravo. But those are some wrestling facts for you. Remember, uh, and if you like Wrestling Facts, tune into Wrestling Facts. Uh, it was a quick bonus that I did a couple of podcasts ago. Tune into uh, Pro Wrestling Facts. I gave a quick uh, couple of Pro Wrestling Facts. And that was a Pro Wrestling Fact that you guys didn't know right there. Yeah, Piper's bleeding all over. Valentine's bleeding all over at the top of his head, too. You can tell that's probably the hard way it looks like because it's at the top of his head. I don't think Piper nor Valentine would actually blade themselves at the top of the head. See what I mean? When you listen to the old perfect, uh, old WWE or anybody else, or even the old freaking podcast, or the podcast of, you know, the old school wrestlers, they'll even tell you, Greg the Hammer Valentine takes so long to wake up and get into a match. And now he's going, he's throwing the fists. Now he's getting into it. He's selling it a lot more. But yeah, Greg Dabber Valentine was definitely hung over that day a few weeks ago. He growled at me. <laughs> As he handed back my autograph. Okay. But Brutus Beefcake had the uh, hedge clippers with him, or as you would say, the shears. Oh, wow, look at that. Did you see that knee drop? Then had a two, no, a one count. And he's tiring him out. Now, a lot of people might say, why the hell would you keep covering him if he's kicking out a one? It's a tiring out maneuver. It tires out the person that you're actually wrestling. 
Yeah, believe it or not, folks. Okay. If you want to say wrestling is predetermined and whatnot, if you're covering somebody, you have to kick out. You know how much energy that takes after, like, the third or fourth time? And, of course, the Peacock app slipped up again and lagged for, like, two seconds. So, if you're listening to this... Right now, they're going to put it, uh, Valentine is putting Piper in a suplex, and Piper's trying to fight it. Like I said, folks, don't blame me. Blame the Peacock app. They really need to update that. Oh, wow. Did not expect that. Because Piper is definitely beat up, and Valentine himself is just just so heavy set to begin with. I think they got the eight. That's what it sounded like. It didn't look like it, but that's what it sounded like. And you see, now they're going to fight each other tooth and nail now. There you go. Oh, and a sleeper hold. Which is crazy on the strength that I said this before. Rowdy Piper's old move. Well, in the future, his... Res- I don't know what his uh, finisher maneuver is now. But a few years in the future, it will be the sleeper hold, his finishing maneuver. Say he got the two and Piper said, no, 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 he didn't even get the three. I don't like when they do that, when they raise the hand to three and then the person, whoever they're wrestling, actually keeps their hand up on three. To me, it's just, this is why, it's one of the reasons why people look at professional wrestlers, oh, you watched that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like that at all. Wait till three, keep your hand up on one, keep your hand up on two. Don't do that shit on three. Once on a blue moon, then yeah, do it on three. But every single time it has to be on right on three, they keep their hand up. And to me, it's like, come on. like <clears throat> You already know what's coming because it's done so often. And still done to this day. Me, personally, I think the majority of the time, if you get to three and you raise the dude's hand, it's, put your hand down. Don't even don't even keep your hand up. Because then you're just, you're insulting the fans. Even back then. Even back in 1983. It worked two, and, oh, oh, and a three, and it's over. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, you gotta take that door collar off because it's still attached to Greg Valentine. I don't think anyone... Oh, no, he took the door collar off, Greg Valentine. And now he's pounding on Roddy Piper. Oh, wow. 
choking him out. Now, what the hell was his, his voice that was just in the ring? They just jumped out the ring and said, yeah, beat him up. I will just stand here. They're not going to break it up. Look, the referee got more balls. That's a, I'm sorry, that's a screw up right there. How does the referee have more balls than the two wrestlers that were just in the ring? Not cool. That's the ultimate screw up. They look, they still, the referee jumps right back in too. Oh, I think that was it. I'm mistaken. I think that was when uh, he cuffed Piper. Because Piper himself has said he grabbed... Unless Piper got confused about it. But he said he actually grabbed uh, the collar in his hand. So that might have been when he actually cuffed him in the ear. I, I think it was with the chain, though. And Piper got confused about it, my honest opinion. Now, you hear what Gordon Soli just said? He said the re-injury in the ear. So, what exactly did Piper's ear get injured to begin with? Or was it all just kayfabe? You know what I'm saying? So, that's really confusing. I, I, I really want to dig deeper into that. Was it all just kayfabe, or did Piper actually blow his eardrum out? And just, you know, played it off the Vince McMahon. Like, oh, yeah, you know, my eardrum, I need Yeah, so now I'm questioning whether that was actually okay, Fabe, or Roddy Piper actually blew, got his eardrum blown out in this match. Because <laughs> once again, you just heard from uh, Gordon Soley that uh, his ear could possibly be re-injured, which obviously means it happened again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, please pause this and get to part three. Thank you for watching. This is Political This Radio Nerd Square Circle. This is the NWA Starcade 83 Watch Along. Thank you. <laughs>